Hello again, Broncos country, and welcome to another edition of the Orange Weekly pre-game podcast. Our Denver Broncos are officially 3-0 on the season, and we could not be more excited to talk about this next upcoming game because this is probably the first game in the last three that we've had that is actually going to be a little bit more difficult to call. There's a lot of matchups here that are going to be a lot closer uh, than other games that we've had so far this year, and we're really excited to talk about it. Plus, we got our special guest um, reluctantly pulling him from the post-game podcast. Kev is with us. Kev Dan, how you doing today? What's up, man? I'm ready to make a bunch of predictions. Yeah, a bunch of predictions uh, are going to be wrong, just naturally, uh, based on how you did last week. (laughs) Well, You knew I had to give it to you. Absolutely. (laughs) Kevin filling in uh, for us this week, just like I filled in on the uh, post-game podcast this week. You did so, uh, so. You, it was okay. I can tell you firsthand which of these is more more difficult to do. Uh, and nah, it's, We'll it's, see after this one. I'll make the call on that. Yeah, all right. Well, I guess we will. <laughs> all right. Well, as always, we are part of the Pigskin Podcast Network. Make sure you're following the Pigskin Podcast Network on all your social medias as well as us. And please, if you have time, pause this for a quick second. Make sure you give us five stars on whatever podcast listening device you're listening to. Sit back. Relax and enjoy another episode of the Orange Weekly pregame podcast. Orange Weekly fans, brews, and Broncos news. All right, ladies and gentlemen, week three of football is in the books, and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week four with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off another action-packed week, DraftKings is giving new customers $150 instantly when they bet $1 on any football game. Listen up, because you're not going to want to miss this. Head over to DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and place a bet of $1 on any week four game to receive $150 in free bets instantly. If Sportsbook is not yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cast prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TPPN to receive $150 in free bets when you place $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 years or older, new customers only, and must have a minimum of $5 deposit and a $1 rager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, gents, here we are. We are 3-0 and heading into another home game, second home game of the season. Uh, I know both you guys are going to be there. You guys have rubbed it in enough for me um, uh, against the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, yeah. Potential, obviously, potential AFC favorite. Uh, for the playoffs slash Super Bowl. How are we feeling going into this game so far? Energized to me. I mean, I think part of it was, you know, I just keep talking about being at the uh, the game against the Jets, um, just hearing how energized everybody absolutely was. Um, and knowing how Broncos country is going to bring it even stronger uh, this next week. I mean, um, 
the home field advantage, I think is going to be absolutely huge for us. Uh, so, you know, I'd be worried obviously a lot more if it was an away game, uh, if it was something like last year where it didn't matter where we were, there were no fans in the stands. Um, I, I think when it comes down to it, the fact that we're the home team as well, in addition to a lot of the stuff that we're going to talk about here, uh, I, I'm I'm super, super excited in what we saw from people talking on the, uh, the Bourbon Broncos No BS show um, and just people I'm talking to in general. Everyone is so excited because they, I think, really believe what this team has to offer and you know, a lot of the the naysayers are out there, you know, doing their thing of, yeah, well, you beat the three worst teams in the league. Okay, well, now we're all ready. We're all ready to prove it. And we know that the team is ready to prove that they are uh, who they say they are, you know, and it's not just a fluke that we're 3-0. and So um, I think there's – everyone knows there's a lot riding on this game and we're all ready to go out there and just, uh, just have a great time and root our Broncos on. So I'm feeling good, um, cautiously good cautiously good i love it david how you feeling yeah uh more than cautiously good maybe at this point like maybe more optimistic than i should be but i i think that the team is, you know they hear that chatter they hear the oh you you beat the worst teams in the league yada 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 um and they know what they can do they know what they're capable of uh and they know that they can go out there and match up against the ravens um and take it to them i think i think they're ready to go out there and show this home crowd that they are not posers that they are legit and that they are ready to make a statement at the top of the AFC. Now, I'm not going to make the prediction, but how awesome would it be if we just went out there and handled them the same way we did the first three teams? Uh, Well, pretty amazing. It would be amazing. And to be honest with you, with our defense, you know, the idea of shutting down the Ravens offense is not far fetched. You know, it is something that I think is completely within the realm of, what our defense can do. And if you can shut down a offense such as the Ravens, you're allowing our offense to go up against, you know, their defense, which isn't, it's not terrible, but it's not amazing by any means. The, the ability to go out there and just play a, a smart, um, I don't say conservative, but a, a, a playing aggressive in a, an intelligent way and putting points up on the board, not falling too far behind um, and yeah, so I would, I would think that it's, it's very possible. You know, the big question is, can we contain, uh, Lamar Jackson when the coverage, which I think the coverage can do a great job when the coverage does a good job of taking away the pass. Can we stop Lamar Jackson on the ground? Um, and that's what it's going to come down to it. Absolutely. So let's start on that side of the ball. Let's talk about those matchups, uh, Broncos defense versus Ravens offense first. Um, cause you've just brought us into it, Kev. Um, the Broncos have been playing a lot of cover six this year and a lot of cover one this year. And they do, you know, you really don't see them shift into those looks until post-snap. They're doing a really good job uh, disguising those coverages until post-snap. But, you know, cover one is, you know, man, a a man-heavy scheme um, where you've got one safety over the top kind of as your – safety as your as your deep guy that, that's keeping everything in front of them um and then man in front of that cover six is more of a zone look um you're gonna have you know a ton of maybe maybe even in an, it, I, jared correct me if i'm wrong but you can run cover six out of a lot of looks including nickel um yeah absolutely yeah most most of the time you're actually running cover like six out of nickel or dime okay uh, but you can i mean you can run out of a three four but uh, if you're putting in a three four manning you there's no reason to 
you know, a lot of, you know, covering, clogging up those lanes, covering up those zones with a lot of bodies um, and, and trying to make the, the quarterback figure it out from there, you know, against this team, I would expect to see them lean a little bit more man heavy just to kind of be able to keep more guys with eyes on Lamar Jackson, um, to keep those rushing lanes clogged for him because right now it's so incredible. He's leading the NFL in air yards per attempt and in yards per rush attempt. And that is just incredible to me. He is a weapon doing both. I don't want to hear any more of this. Lamar Jackson is a one-dimensional, you know, run first quarterback. He can throw from the pocket. He can throw outside the pocket. He can look like he's going to throw from outside the pocket and then just keep running. He can do the reverse. It's He's an absolute weapon that can cover up a lot of deficiencies for their offense. What do you guys think is the best strategy defensively to stop him this week? So, so first of all, I have a, I have a so much respect for Lamar Jackson. I yeah. think this is probably this is probably the first two dimensional quarterback, three dimensional quarterback that I've seen, including Michael Vick. I think that's really someone who can really deliver a ball. The one thing I didn't like about Michael Vick is he couldn't step up into the pocket. He had to be on the run to deliver an accurate ball. And Jackson's throwing dimes. It doesn't yeah. matter where he is in the field, what direction he's going. He could be falling backwards. I think I like him better than Pat Mahomes. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I think Lamar Jackson is a better quarterback overall than Pat Mahomes. um, And that's why I'm so scared about this game. Now he's been struggling. Uh, He has had his struggles so far this year. Um, And you know, part of that is because his offensive line isn't helping him out a lot, right? He's getting pressured a lot more. Um, I think the key to this game is to keep a spy on Lamar Jackson. Um, Take, take away the RPO, right? Or the triple, the triple RPO where it run pass uh, run option, um and clog up the middle, clog up the run to make him throw, and then make sure that we're using, you know, Von Miller and, and Malik Reed might not have as many sacks this week because they're going to have to play contain. Uh, they're going to yeah. have to contain the outside, and that's really what it's going to come down to is making sure that they're containing that. I think on Von Miller's side, they're going to. Malik Reed, I'm not sure how much contain uh, coverage he's going to have, but he's really going to need to step up to make sure that he's making sure that uh, Jackson isn't stepping up into the, uh, the C-gap. Or coming around to the outside, right. uh, that's going to be the key to this game, I think. Yeah. So, how about the interior defensive line as well? I, I mean, uh, I think our interior line needs to to really step up their game as well. Um, and not to say that they haven't been playing good the last three games. Like, I'm not saying that at all. But when you have somebody like Lamar, Lamar Jackson, um, you know, we need a big game out of people like Shelby Harris as well to yeah. be able to uh, you know stop that. What I'm honestly my perception of what is going to happen here is the defense is going to do a whole lot of bending, but not breaking. So, you know, you're going to see Lamar Jackson making these, you know, the, the runs. And, um, you know, I think the coverage is going to do a really good job uh, of taking away the, the pass opportunities. Um, at least, you know, the, the deep balls um, I'm hoping, um, but you're going to see the Ravens move the ball down the field. And when they get to the end zone, that's what I'm going to expect to see the defense really tighten up and force the Ravens into those field, you know, having to take those field goals. Um, I just don't see us having, um, you know, making the, the Ravens take three and outs, you know, too often during this yeah. game. Right. Um, yeah. well, so uh, it, it that's, that's kind of what point. I'm looking for, but I'm okay with that. I mean, that's exactly what I think our, our defense is. Uh, done well with you know last couple even last year with all of our injuries what we were worse in the league when it came to giving up big uh, big pass plays but we were one of the top teams when it came to red zone defense 
you know, and that is what is going to allow our, our team to be in a position to win this game. You bring up a good point on the inside, I think. And and the biggest part of that is, as I was talking about, we need to contain the outside. Our inside is where we're going to get the actual pressure, right? That Shelby, Shelby Harris, Draymond Jones, those are going to be the guys that if we get sacks, they're going to be the ones getting them uh, because they're the going to be the ones that have full, you know, get the quarterback uh, mentality while the outside guys have to really contain to make sure he doesn't take off. Um, that's a really good point. Now, now let's talk about that outside, right, Kev? So you talked about the the big deep ball. We, we got to not give that up. They have very, very good receivers. Marquise yep. Brown, obviously, Sammy Watkins. And this is our first test of the year. I'll say it, right? So obviously we know it's our first test overall from like a playoff caliber team. But this is our first test of the year of having a top 10, top end tight end that we're going to yep. need to cover as well in Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews is playing very well this year. Him and Jackson have a very good chemistry. How do we stop? How do we keep a spy on Jackson with one linebacker and stop Mark Andrews uh, with the other, uh, whoever we put out there? What's what's the game plan there? Right. Do you see more Caden Stearns? Uh, do you see Justin Trenad matching up? Um, yeah, it's going to be real tough because you're right. Those The tight end connection between Jackson and uh, Andrews there is really, really tight, especially in the red zone. Um, and that's, you know, it's going to be strength on strength in that area this week because the Broncos have the best red zone defense in the league right now. Uh, but the Ravens have the be- third best red zone offense in the league right now. Yeah. Um, yep. So, yeah, something's going to give there. And it's going to be a question of, First, keeping Lamar Jackson in front of you, and because you know he loves to get into the red zone and make things happen there, you know, at will, uh, rushing touchdowns, throwing touchdowns. Um, Marquise Brown, Mark Andrews, even Devin Duvernay. Um, you know, they don't have. Um, I can't remember who they're the re- the receiver they drafted in the first round this year, uh, who went out with injury. Uh, he looked like the real deal. He looked like somebody who was gonna. Uh, really boost their oh boost, sure boost their passing offense a little bit but you know they also had Ronnie, yeah thank you Rashad Bateman um but you also had Ronnie Stanley go down their left tackle who just signed a big deal uh they let Orlando Brown or trade Orlando Brown away to the Chiefs um that also that you know that offensive line like you were talking about Jared there's there's holes there that that have been exploited this year by other teams the Broncos just have to find a way to make those whole, make them suffer for another week. They've got to make them feel those the, the loss of those injuries. Because yeah. um, well, yeah, if, well, if this offense that, gets cooking, but their their young running back they lost yeah. their young running back to a yeah. to an injury too. They had to pick up Latavius Murray, who was kind of sitting on free agency for a while. Right. Nobody really wanted to pick him <laughs> up, and he ends up being a starter for you know an AFC caliber uh, AFC championship caliber team. Now let's talk. Uh, the running back room is, is that a concern for the Denver Broncos? I feel like so far we've been able to stop the run game of most teams pretty decently. Um, is that going to be a concern for our Broncos, uh, going against the Ravens where we do have to focus on, you know, all three levels of the game, as opposed to one or two with two rookie quarterbacks that we've played so far. We're, we're number seven in the league when it comes to the run defense. You know, I think we're going to be able to do a good job against, um, you know, Murray and, what they have, uh, what, what the Ravens have in their, their running back room. Right. Um, it's, it's something they got to watch for because if we, if we concern ourselves too much on making sure that we have a spy on, uh, on, um, Jackson, 
Jackson, thank you. Um, but you know, we we let up on the the run defense, then they're going to burn us, right? So it's all about finding that middle ground. And this is, man, I'm telling you, this is the perfect example where I am so glad we have somebody like Vic Fangio, you know, coming up with these schemes because he's been here in the league long enough. He's seen these situations uh, time and time again where he's going to be able to come up with something that is allowing us to be able to cover Andrews, um, but also have a spy on uh, Jackson and also take away the passing game, right? Um, And it's just really up to the players to execute. So when it comes to the scheme, I I have zero problems uh, and complete confidence in what the scheme is going to be. It's just going to be, can our players, uh, and some of them, you know, like the younger players, uh, like PS2, can they go out there and execute? And I think... um, you know, I'm leaning towards they can, um, but that's what we're going to have to wait and see. Right. And it's an offense with or led by Greg Roman, an offensive coordinator that likes to run the football in more different ways than mm-hmm. almost any other team in the league. So, yeah, Jared, you've, you've got Latavius Murray in there as their number one back. And on paper, that's not really, you know, the ideal situation for any team. But the just the different ways that they block it up, the, the you know, inside zone, outside zone, sometimes they run power. You know, sometimes the guard pulls and they run to the side he pulled from. It's, you know, it's ridiculous the way that just the sheer number of things they can do. Um, And it may be one of the reasons you see this offensive line struggling a little bit is just because they have so many different responsibilities on different plays. Um, Maybe maybe they're just not gelling quite at the speed that they need to. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, the Broncos have got to take advantage of that. you know, that running back room, again, n- nothing awe-inspiring, but to answer your question, Jared, if they get going, it doesn't really matter who's back there. They can they can hurt you. Right. Yeah, you're right. This is a very intelligent offense. This is yeah. a lot going on. There's a lot of different things going on, a lot of things you could do, which which is where you see offensive line struggle when it's too complicated. When it's when it's overly complicated, you see offensive line struggle. So that that's a good point there. Um, so also, do you think your, that's in our point, favor? Sorry to cut you off, but – you know, us going, you know, them going against Vic Fangio, they're going to have to get complicated because our defense is going to be complicated. They're going to try to throw them off, right? So I think the best, I would I think say the best that that thing about our defense our is, I mean, I think the best thing about our defense is that we're fundamentally sound. Right. Exactly. Uh, not, not so much that we're complicated. We don't send a lot of blitz packages, we don't send extra people. We're fundamentally in the gaps we need to be. And we're in the places we need to be where we need when we need to be there. And I think that's one of the best things about the Vic Fangio defense is it's not complicated. It's yeah. it's you know you ca- right. you have a couple different coverages, you have a def- couple different presses, but he puts the people where they need to be, which is why like I think uh, was a game against Jacksonville, there was a Patrick Sertan play where he was lined up literally two yards off of where he would have started. And and the the complaint was you know he didn't make the play. He was like, well if he would have lined up where I told him to, he would have. Right, and that's just the intelligence of the defense um, right. of of Vic Fangio. So I'm not super worried about it because it's a fundamental piece. Uh, and, right. You know, if if any of you guys listening are at the high school level, it's like playing the wing tee. Um, as long as everyone stays in their gaps, as long as everyone does their job, the wing tee is completely useless. But as soon as somebody tries to be a hero, as soon as someone tries to go into a different gap that's not theirs, that's when the then it can bite you and. Um, that's what I love about the Fangio defense to begin with. Sure. Um, so I'm to, to answer your point, Kev, I don't think so. 
I don't think that that's really going to be an issue. Um, going back real quick, David, you mentioned about uh, Rashad Bateman. So he's off IR. He was on IR for the first three games. He's off. They have 21 days to make him on the active roster. Um, I don't know as a rookie if they're going to uh, make him, but that's something to keep an eye on through the week as we as we go through the rest of the week before game time to see if he's going to be um, on the active roster or playing in his first game in the NFL. Okay, absolutely. All right, guys, give me one X factor um, in this matchup, defense versus their offense, that you one player that you see as an X factor. I'm going to go first. Um, Do it. Justin Stranod is the one to me. Ah, dang um, it. And I'll tell you why. It's because just just about what Jared was talking about is depth soundness. It's going to be so, so important this game with a quarterback who can run up the middle or around the edge just to be gap aware. Um, and if you're Justin Stranod, you're the young guy. You haven't seen it quite as much as Alexander Johnson. Um, if that quarterback is running and he's in the second level, you've got to know what to do. You've got to know how to flow to the ball. You've got to know how to keep him in front of you instead of over-pursue by even just a half of a half of a step. Because if you over-pursue by a pinky toe, Lamar Jackson's past you. He's 10 yards down yes. the field already. So you've got to be gap sound. You've got to keep the plays in front of you. And if you're Justin Sternod, you're the young guy on the defense. That's really what I'll be looking at. So I'm going to say, um, man, I'm going back and forth between two. I'm going to pick Malik Reed, though. Mm. Um, I think really have if he can really step up and have a great game that forces them to take attention off of Von Miller, that is going to – one help von miller but two i mean you know just open up the the possibility for some sacks for from from malik reed as well um and then i think that's going to flow into the the opportunities that the interior defensive line is going to have so um i'm looking at malik reed to really step up and um maybe not necessarily get some sacks but get to jackson where now they're they're not just solely worried about von miller they're worried about the other side as well um and i think man you know, I, it, all these what ifs and uh, and whatnot, but having Bradley Chubb here would be a huge help. But um, obviously, that's not the case. So having Malik Reed there, who is fully you know capable of having a great game, I think if he just kicks it in that next gear, uh, that's going to help out tremendously, and yeah. that would that would do a great job of containing Jackson and getting some pressure on him, getting him flustered at least to some degree, um, especially if their offense just isn't clicking. Um, man, I think that'd just be fantastic to watch. Yeah. And you know, this is something I say every day at practice. If everybody does their job, we can out athlete these guys. And I, I full heartedly believe that. And I think that goes back to what you're talking about with Malik Reed. If he can out athlete, if he just does his job and plays contain or does his job on certain blitz where he has outside help, uh, on the contain, then we can pressure, uh, Lamar Jackson into stepping up in the pocket or kind of hesitating a little bit on certain throws or, or getting hesitant. And then that's when we're going to get him. I think we have the talent to be able to get to him in the time. Uh, as long as we are gap sound, just like we talked about. Um, I, I'm going to pick someone different. I think I'm going to pick Kyle Fuller. There you go. And here's okay. why this is the first time we've played against really top, not top end, but somebody let's say good receivers that have somebody that can get them the ball in the places they need them to get the ball to. 
Um, and I think Patrick Sertan has proved that he's got absolute great man coverage, great zone mm-hmm. coverage. I think he can he can hang with any top receiver in this league, and I, I full-heartedly believe that. Now, Kyle Fuller hasn't really pr- proved that to me since he's been a Denver Bronco, and, and I think some of the deep stuff is really what's concerning me. Um, some of the some of the uh, quick strike deep, right, the three-step uh, for the quarterbacks out there, the, the one or two ball, uh, that that's not hanging up in the air for very long, but twenty yards downfield on a on a go route. Um, those are the ones that I'm more worried about. Uh, the ones that Justin Simmons can't get over to, or um, Kareem Jackson can't get over to because it's just it's thrown too fast. And I think Lamar Jackson has the opportunity to make those plays. Um, I'm hoping that if Fuller has a good game, if Fuller can lock down his receiver, I have no doubt in my mind that there's going to be no passing touchdowns in this game. That'd be fantastic. Yeah, and good. I think that's the X factor. I think Very that's good. the X factor. All right. So let's switch it up. Let's flip the flip the switch. Let's talk about the Broncos offense. Two Teddy two gloves. Teddy, no <laughs> interceptions. Knock on wood. Knock on uh, wood. Is is going into a defense who um hasn't been I mean, honestly, hasn't been playing as great as they lived up to. But they yeah. have the talent to if they if they need to, and that's what I think we're scared about, right? We talked about the on the um Bourbon Broncos No BS show, we talked about the the um, Browns not having a great start to their season and stepping it up. Is this the game that the the Ravens step up their offense against our offense, which is might be without two offensive guards, starting guards, mm-hmm. and uh, our, our number one slot receiver? Yeah. So, yeah. look, for me, we are going to have to have a running game. You know, Javante Williams is going to have to find a way, and Melvin Gordon too, but, but just fact of the matter, Javante Williams is – it, you know, has been known to break those tackles, and we've seen it both in college and in the NFL already in three games, what he can do and just break tackles left and right. I think you're going to have to have to uh, take some pressure off of Teddy Bridgewater and get that run game going and stick to that run game, which we've seen them do a really good job. I mean, even against the Jets, um, you know, they, they stopped the run game. I don't say they stopped the run game, but they, they – you know, didn't allow any major runs. Um, Matt uh, Melvin Gordon hit a brick wall at one point on the one yard line. I mean, uh, you know, I felt like I could hear hear the crack from the 500 section mile high. You know how hard he was hit, um, and the way they were tackling uh, Javante Williams, just knowing how big of a threat he, he is. Um, you know, it was just sound defensive tackling that they were that they were doing. So. Um, but we're going to have to find a way to get that run game going. Um, and that's going to be, I think, what takes some of that pressure off uh, Teddy Bridgewater to make some of those plays that he does. So what I'm looking at is, one, yeah, I fully you – know, we've seen what Teddy does. He's smart with the football. He doesn't take chances. He makes his reads, which is the first time we've really seen this in years. One of our quarterbacks actually looking at, you know, here's one, here's two. Okay, here's three. Let me take the the two or three yard pass option, right? Um, versus going downfield, which is what I wanted to do. But yeah, so um, bottom line, I mean, if Javante Williams uh, and or Melvin Gordon have a big day, man, we are going to be looking pretty at the end of the game. Um, but I think that's where it's going to really start. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see because this Ravens team plays it pretty simple on defense. Yep. Um, they have they really, really good players, but they don't hide what they want to do usually. They are going to rush at you with five, and on the back end, they're going to play cover zero. They're going to play man coverage and just tell you to find a matchup before they get to your quarterback. 
And usually they're pretty good at getting your quarterback. Um, they've still got guys up front who can be a problem. I don't think I, I don't know if Derek Wolf is going to be back this game. He was out against the Lions. Um, I don't know if he if our old friend Derek is going to be playing or not. Um, but they've still got Calais Campbell up front. Um, you know they've still got Brandon Williams at nose tackle. He was one of the best nose tackles in the NFL. Um, you, they've got Odafe Owe at uh, edge rushing, one of the better. That, edge that was the, the guy they trade traded back into the first round to get. Yeah, yeah, and he's he's working out for him. Um, and then Tyus Bowser as well. So they've got some guys who can bring the heat up front. Um, it's really going to be incumbent on this interior def- offensive line uh, to keep those guys out of Teddy Bridgewater's chili. Because I'll tell you, that's when the, what the sacks have been this year, as far as I as far as I've been watching. It's been interior pressure a lot more than the tackles uh, uh, allowing yeah. these sacks to happen. Um, and so you've got to have that. You've got to be able to hold up. And if you can get run the running game going off of that, great. All to the better. Um, but to be honest with you, I have faith in, you know, even the receivers that we have. Uh, I have faith in Teddy to get them the ball in these one-on-one matchups against the secondary if they have the time to do it. Uh, they've just right. got to they've gotta have that time available. That's what I'll be watching, really. Yeah, I definitely see, especially as we go out quick, or as we go out uh, to the beginning of this of this drive. What is that? The the stat that was shown a couple weeks ago, everybody's been hanging on the, the line that we haven't scored on our first opening drive in however many years or games, whatever it was. Um, I, I, I foresee the quick game right off the bat. Right, quick, quick throws. Get Teddy kind of comfortable with some quick stuff. Maybe a couple screens here and there, um, but some quick slants across the middle. Some quick deep shots. Uh, you know, two steps. Get the ball out before anybody can get to you. Um, and that also depends on if our guards are going to be there. Right, that's mm-hmm. a that's a storyline to follow throughout the rest of the week and Saturday afternoon, Sunday morning. Let's let's keep an eye on that and see what our guards are going to do sure. if we're going to play. Now, I have faith in Muti. I don't know how much Quinn Myers is going to be able to hold up against someone like Calais Campbell or if Derek Wolf is playing. I'm not. I I got I got to be honest with you. I oh, don't sure. know how much how much I have faith in that. How much pressure they're going to get with Lloyd Cushenberry next to Quinn Myers. It's going to be very very difficult on that interior defensive line. We might need to keep some running backs in the backfield, uh, and you know that might play to some of the Ragers as we talk about a little plug to <laughs> Ragers. Make sure you guys are following them. Um, that might play to that if if we have to. If we're getting too much pressure, um, we're going to have to hold the running back to block and then leak out, which means could be a good possible uh, reception day for Ooh. our uh, our receive our running backs. So make sure you listen to Ragers. I'm sure we'll get into that there. Um, obviously, without our slot t- uh, wide receiver, um, let's talk about our re- our receivers and our tight ends against their DBs. This is where I think we have have the um, have the strength, right? Now they do have very good safety. Chuck Clark's been playing very well, and Marlon Humphrey's always been very very good. Uh, it's going to be very difficult on that side of the ball. However, on the other side of the ball, they have Anthony Everett, who's not playing very well, and their their free safety Deshaun Elliott um, is, has been playing okay this year. He also, I believe, was injured with a concussion uh, in the last game, so I think he may be working his way back, but he's not 100%, I don't believe. So. Oh, well, that would yeah, be if I'm he's in a concussion too. protocol, he's definitely not going to be back, uh, depending on how the, the intensity of the, the concussion. Um, that's a good point. Um, I did not know that. Um, here's where I think we match up well. We have two tight ends. We have three, really three tight ends. We've three, shown yeah. it. We've thrown to three tight ends um, that are very good in routes, that are very good against whoever they put up against. Outside of their top corner and their top safety, 
I don't think that they have anybody to cover Noah Fant or Alberto. Um, and and that's where we're gonna that we're gonna get it right. Patrick Queen was somebody that in the draft and and I'll, look, I I wanted Patrick Queen so bad. I wanted him so bad. You could ask these guys. I I was begging to draft Patrick Queen last year. Uh, we didn't. We got Jerry Judy instead, which is obviously a good thing. Um, however, Patrick Queen is not as advertised uh, in, in coverage the way that it was. You know, in the draft, he was expected to be the number one guy, and he has not been able to cover the tight ends, top tight ends specifically. Um, and I think that's where we're going to be able to exploit this defense is in our tight end room. Yeah, oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Those uh, you, if just by looking at PFF grades here, but. That is not a very inspiring inside linebacker group. Uh, you've got Patrick Queen uh, with a 37 grade and Malik Harrison with a 30 grade. Uh, so yeah, that's it's it's exploitable matchups there for sure, Jared. Um, in that middle area of the field, that you know intermediate zone that Teddy likes to hit, I think those linebackers are going to be open. They're going to be able to win those one-on-one matchups, um, even if we see a little bit more like. Like you were saying, Jared, those leak concepts, but if we get them with tight ends um, instead of running backs, I think that's definitely a possibility this week um, just to exploit those matchups and get playmakers the ball in space. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, do you guys, uh, if we do see any David Moore, uh, the new slot receiver this week, uh, what do you guys think? Uh, do you think they'll try and fold him into the KJ Hamler role as much as they can? Um, you know, a guy, it's, tough. it's, it's a tough offense to learn. It's a tough offense to pick up on the fly, but he is a guy who has 13 career touchdowns. Um, so, you know, not a guy that you want to keep on the bench if you can get him on the, Do you field. think maybe some red zone work? Mm. Uh, I, I mean, I mean, I don't know. Like, so, so um, define, define the KJ Hamler role because yeah, I, I mean, that first really, off, like, like this know, year, being able to be fast and, and get open and beat dictate, somebody on the field, like, dictate coverages, especially on the back end, grab the, yeah, the, the, the attention to straight as fast as you can and get open. Yeah, absolutely. that might be, that might be his entire, and, and you know what? Again, I'm going to say it again. Deontay Spencer can be that guy too, mm-hmm. uh, and that that might be part something that they see in practice, right? We're not we're not guys that are out at the practice every day, so uh, these coaches are going to decide which one of these guys is going to be able to a know the playbook well enough to know what their their role is. And and look, as a receiver, sometimes your role is to pull a safety. Sometimes your role is you know you're not getting the ball. You're not the first, second, third, or fourth read on this. Right. Um, your you job is to try to pull a corner, try to pull a linebacker, try to pull a safety. And if if those guys have that role and they know what they're doing, then that's what they're going to try to do. Try to get that open middle of the field like we just talked about. That intermediate, you know, 10 to 15 to 18 yard uh, middle of the field is where we're going to to make our money this week. Um, and, and that relies a lot on that. Yep. Like you said, that relies a lot on that that safety or that that slot receiver to pull the safety out of the play. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's one of those things. If they don't take it seriously, then you burn them for it. Right. You know, like, right. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, if someone tries to jump up on that middle of the field, then yeah, maybe we got somebody over the top. But yeah. Um, and that and that was the best part about having Cajun Hamler on the team is is for that reason. Now, do we have that guy in DJ Moore? Honestly, I think if Teddy sees that, he's going to throw the ball. I don't think he okay. cares what number is yeah. on his back or what name Absolutely. is on his back. I think he throws that ball. He's shown it nine receivers in the first two games, eight in the last. Uh, he doesn't care what number you're wearing. He doesn't care what name is on your back. If you're open, you're getting the ball. Well, and I'll tell you, he's also not, and this is to our benefit, he's not afraid to go to those one-on-one matchups outside either. We've been talking about the middle of the field, but if he sees Marlon Humphrey on Cortland Sutton one-on-one or Tim oh, Patrick, he's going for it. He's going to go for it. If he's he's going to take it. Yeah, he's absolutely not going to be intimidated by anybody in coverage. He trusts either one of those guys to go and make a play for him. 
Uh, and he has been absolutely insane with ball placement a couple of times this last couple and, of weeks. Well, and Tim Patrick is uh, over all last year and so far this year 100% uncatchable balls. Yeah. If it hits his hands, he's catching that ball. And that's yeah. absolutely amazing. You saw it in the Jets game. He he threw an amazing one-on-one mm-hmm. matchup to the outside. And, and he just it was like sticky fingers. Yep. Uh, you know, just hit his hands. He caught it. He went out of bounds. Like, it was great coverage. The guy was all over him, hanging on him like a like a stripper, and and he he gets it and goes out of bounds. It was amazing. It was absolutely nice amazing. analogy, by the way. Thank you, I appreciate that. Yeah. Mm. Um, okay. Hey, let's talk about uh, speaking of strippers. Let's talk about uh, our terrible uh, our predictions. So, um, what's a the prediction for the game? What do you expect this game to look like? And then let's go ahead and go give since it didn't come up naturally. None of us really gave a natural prediction for you know who's going to score. I know what Kev's going to say. Um, but what, what's our big prediction for, for this game? Um, who scores, how we do something, what it is, and then what, what our, uh, our score prediction is. I think Sutton gets a first touchdown of the season today, this week. Um, I think it's probably going to be on a, like a back shoulder fade or something that makes me go, Oh, why do they throw that? I hate the back shoulder fade. Oh, he caught it. Touchdown. Uh, <laughs> something like that. Um, but yeah, that's, I think, I think Sutton's been out of the end zone, uh, too long this this season i think he gets in for his first score this week um overall score prediction i think it's going to be a lower scoring game i think it's going to be defense on defense i think it's going to be tough sledding for the broncos offensively i do think they're going to break through enough um but it's going to be something like 20 broncos 23 ravens 17 yeah okay. uh, it's going right. to be a close game but i think the broncos do pull it out um, so I'm thinking uh, when it comes to scoring in the end zone, I'm looking at at tight ends, specifically Noah Fant, um, you know, and Teddy Bridgewater being able to find those those guys open um, uh, once we get into the red zone. Um, man, it'd be nice if we could just, you know, run that ball into the end zone. But I think at some point uh, you're going to have to really rely on those tight ends. And um, like you're talking about with the matchups, I think it's there. You know, this is a week that, uh, Noah Fant and Albert Okwebenom should have a great, great week um, being able to to go out there and get open. So I expect them to you know, at least one of those two to score as well. Um, again, close game, low scoring game. You know, you talk about these teams that are, um, and, and, you know, you, you saw what the Ravens did last week um, on the road uh, against the Lions. I mean, they <laughs> it wasn't pretty, right? Uh, and I expect that the being at you know the Broncos stadium is going to be even more difficult uh, for them than what they faced last week. So low scoring game, um, but for us, you know, because we're going to be controlling the clock, running the ball, um, just making smart decisions, not forcing anything. Low scoring game for us as well. I would expect a uh, Brandon McMan- Brandon McManus game winning field goal. Um, so I'm thinking like 20 to 17. Okay. Wow. Okay. Uh, so I'm looking at some stats here. I'm a numbers guy. Uh, the Ravens have hit the over on two of their three games. And that means that they did not hit the over last week when they barely squeaked by a struggling Detroit lions, uh, team. Um, and it's dropped down to 44 points is the line right now um, mm. for over under on the game. I agree with I, I I agree with you guys. I think this is going to be under 44 points. I think this is going to be a close game. I think defense is going to play a big part, and I think we're going to control the clock. I think we're going to really try to play the um, you know having over 
the the over on on uh, clock on, on time management on this game. Yeah. Um. My biggest prediction is that we are going to pick off uh, Lamar Jackson twice. Ooh. I think that's. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say if the, if there's a line uh, over under 1.5, I'm gonna take the over. So Kansas City picked him off twice, and the Lions picked him off once. Vegas didn't pick him off at all, but we all know it's Vegas. So um, I, I'm gonna say it's the Raiders. So I'm gonna say we're gonna pick him off twice. I think we have the defensive backs to be able to do it. I think we're gonna be able to get the pressure to, for him to make a mistake, um, and we're gonna pick him off twice. I think defense gets a score. That would and that's be where fantastic. I'm going to go. That would be, I think the defense, I mean, if the defense can winner. score, I think we win this game. And I think that's yep. what's going to happen. We're going to get two picks. One of them is going to be a for six. And I think we win this game. I, I'm going to go along the same lines as you, Kev. I, I think it's going to be 28-21, uh, I think is going to be the final score. Okay. And that's and I, I just realized that it is going to be over the 44 uh, that I just said that it wasn't <laughs> I was going like, to. But, nah, um, wait. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, maybe I'll say maybe I'll say. I, I do think it's 28-21. Uh, 28 20 maybe i think we again our red zone defense holds them out um a couple times 28 20 i think is going to be my my final score awesome all right well i think we talked it all you guys have any let's go around the room uh any last words on what we expect from this game what we want to see uh any any last words start with uh kev let's start with you yeah sure so uh glad to be here i will say that um it's fairly easy, um, but no, I, I do. Uh, you know, look both both the pregame and the postgame podcast. Um, I think we just have a. You know, these conversations are fantastic, and breaking them down is is just fun to do. So, uh, for everybody who's listening, seriously, thank you. Uh, you know, we do this for you all because uh, us, all of us here at Orange Weekly, we talk about the Broncos anyway. So, I'm just glad that you're you're listening and. Um, make sure you check out all of our other content, uh, the videos and, and whatnot. Make sure you, you subscribe and, and give us that rating like Jared was talking about as well. Um, but man, I, I'm thinking, you know, worst case scenario, let's say the Broncos, uh, you know, close game, but just can't pull it out at the last second uh, or something like that. They walk away with an L. Um, that's okay. Look, we're three and one on the season. Um, and this isn't anything to panic about. But the Broncos are in a in a prime position uh, to go out there and and make some noise, and I think that's what's going to carry them over. Everyone is expecting. Well, I mean, the Vegas line I think has the Broncos favored by a little bit, probably just because they're a home team. But in in NFL world in general, I think the uh, they're everyone's expecting the Ravens to win. Um, but if the Broncos go out there and really show who they are and walk away with a win, um, that's just going to be huge for us. Right. Um, so at the end of the day, um, I'm not going to be walking away from this game, uh, you know, angry and panicked and anything else. If, if we just have a bad day, but, um, I think everything is on our side to show that, look, we are the real deal. Uh, we're going to, we're going to win. Um, and people are going to start talking about us. And when we start having these matchups against, you know, the the Steelers and the the, the Raiders and Kansas City and the Chargers, it's not going to be a oh you're playing Denver. This is an automatic win week. This is a holy crap. We got to take these guys seriously, and that's the first time that we've had that in years. So I'm excited for what this team's doing, um, and it's going to be a fantastic game to be at. So um, appreciate you guys letting me hop on though. Cheers. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I hope. Uh, we continue to hold you accountable for the absolutely bonkers <laughs> predictions that you make. Every oh, week. look, uh, t- uh, touchdown on the opening drive. Boom. There it is. 
Oh, See, that's what I was expecting last time when you said it. Uh, I was just expecting every week you're going to say it until it actually comes. Well, true. I already said that earlier in the show, so I'm just going right. to reiterate okay. that. Right. That's one yeah. of my two predictions. Pretty cheap. Noah, Noah Fant and uh, opening drive touchdown. Fair enough. Um, yeah, what a, what an opportunity for this Bronco squad. What an opportunity to go out there, put a statement out to the entire league that, yeah, you thought this was the worst quarterback room in the league starting the year um but we're yeah. we're we're coming for you we're not scared of anybody we're not going to be intimidated by the quote-unquote best teams in the league um we're going to fight for every game in our division and every game on our schedule uh and that's that's really what the statement that i want them to make this game is um i, I don't want to say that the score is less important to me than that because obviously i want them to win the game but to me it's going to be really really key to see just how they play this game and, and what kind of statement they make. That's a, that's a good point. I, I want, I, I honestly think there's a chance that we come out here and make a legit statement and beat these guys by more than two scores or by two scores or more. I'll say there, there's a real, there's a real good chance that we come out here and do not let them hang in. Do not even give Lamar Jackson a chance to come back or Justin Tucker, a chance to kick a, I don't know, next up is a 71 yard field goal, whatever, whatever is next on his list. Uh, so the other the other part of me also is wondering if this is a close game, which I think we're all expecting it to be, is Teddy Bridgewater going to be able to thrive under pressure? So far this year, he is going into the fourth quarter. We've been up pretty handedly uh, and we've been kind of riding out the rest of the game. This is going to be a test if we're going into it and it's a close game. Is he going to be the guy that steps up and wins a game for the Denver Broncos? Uh, that's that's what I'm gonna that's what I'm gonna be able to look out for, and that's what I'm excited to see. Um, eventually, it's gonna come down to that, right? This is the NFL. Oh, yeah. We're gonna find a game where it's gonna be Teddy Bridgewater. It's in Teddy Bridgewater's hands. We're down by four points. We got to go down to score a touchdown to win the game. Teddy, what do you got? Right. Yep. So far, so good. We've gotten him. You know, one of the top PFF ratings. Um, you know, a lot of shots downfield. He's he's making smart decisions, zero interceptions. But what happens when that pressure's on? Uh, that's going to be very, very interesting. I don't know if it's going to happen this game or not, but I'm ready for it. I think he is too. Um, you know, I keep getting more and more confident about him and um, not just his ability on the field, but his leadership skills too. Uh, and when you have somebody who is um, that highly regarded in their leadership skills, it's, you know, they, they have the, um, the on-field, the football skills to back it up too, right? Uh, so, you know, the team believes in him. I think he, you know, he he knows that this is uh, his chance to kind of come back from what was a lot of people thought, you know, a lost career. Um, and man, if we can get the the Teddy that was, you know, drafted in his first and second year before his, his before his knee injury, um, man, we got a we got a hell of a quarterback. And that's you know the kind of guy that that's going to be calm, that's going to make those smart decisions, take calculated risks. Um, but uh, put the ball where it needs to be in order to you know, give us a chance to win. And um, you know, just not you know, not to like knock on Drew Locke or anyone, but that's where we've been lacking in the last five, six years. So, um, man, it's it's crazy to think that we're sitting here talking about the Broncos being relevant and making some noise, and and not just talking about it with orange goggles on. You know? Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Any other final thoughts, guys? Anything else? Do we just, uh, is there one thing left to do? 
Yeah, go I pregame think, podcast. I think one thing left to. Woo-hoo, you guys oh, rock. Right. We're gonna, no, I'm gonna no. love you guys. I guess there's two Kevin. things left to do. All right, so uh, David, me, and you get to say it. Uh, as always, I'm complimenting uh, we're gonna end this you. Off I love a... you guys. Seriously, go pregame podcast. Thanks for letting me be on. Uh-huh. Um, there you go. But and go, go Broncos. Broncos. <laughs> Take care, everyone.
Orange Weekly. Fans, brews, and Broncos news.